By morning, the rain begins to taper off, and I put everything away, a little bit damp. Frauke, Dennis, and I are camping on the edge of a ridge, looking towards a giant mountain as the sky turns pink. An equally giant canyon awaits, a thousand feet down, then a thousand feet right back up. The hardest part of the Arizona Trail is the steepness. It's not like my lungs can't handle it, but it seems to go on and on, up and down on repeat. For me and most of the hikers I've met, the downs are taking a toll. Usually it's because the path itself is steep and filled with rocks. You have to stop yourself from lurching forward as well as slipping backwards. The other aspect of this trail that's difficult for me is that it takes so long to move ahead. The sheer difficulty makes it slow going. Then being exhausted from the difficulty ends up slowing things down even more. You're listening to the Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. My goal in sharing stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced hiker is to empower you to learn to hike your own hike, too. I take my time dipping in. Huge sandstone boulders have punched out holes like donuts. Most of the trees are skeletons from recent fires, but even in death, they're beautiful. I inch down, my sneakers crunching and slipping, though I catch myself in time. There's no water in this canyon, even if evidence of a stream. I meet two older section hikers, heavy-hander and dancer, perhaps walking the Arizona Trail in stages, but still a huge accomplishment. Going up, I'm stronger and steadier, if breathing heavy. My feet touch brown pumice and large bits of conglomerate with an assortment of stones stuck in a bit of lava. I catch my first glimpse of Roosevelt Lake many miles away. The view is astounding. Not only the lake, but ancient reefs uplifted like the prow of a ship. The land is fanciful and harsh, jagged mountains extending far into the distance. At my feet, tiny purple lupin with star-shaped leaves line the trail, and I notice my shadow walking the ridge with me, sometimes full-size and sometimes a wee dot on top of a block of shadow. All I want to do here is look around and breathe it in. I'm so high. But the trail whisks me off the top again and sends me right back down into another deep, waterless canyon. I reach a beautiful glade of juniper and cedar that feels out of place in this wide-open, arid climate. Birds sing, and this time, tufted evening primrose and western blue flax line my path. Again, my view is simply astounding when I emerge at the top, a tall needle part of the rocky facade. I don't mind this trail, but it links me with a road. It's not too full of rocks, but it's slippery as it descends. I then veer off towards Cottonwood Creek, my first water source today. But it's a strange place filled with gnarly mesquite and prickly pear. Cows eye me and run to the other side of the trail for a different perspective. I've been carrying far too much water, so I soaked my ramen, and it's ready to eat. But the only shade has been visited by cows. 
I finally come to a sprawling juniper with grass, bovine fertilized, but not recently. A few cows crowd in like a comedy troupe, their heads knocking together to see what I'm up to. It's a good rest, and I need it, because soon the creek becomes the trail. Up and down I go, in and out of the dry wash, following cairns that send me on hard-to-manage boulders. It's lovely in here, the rocks smooth and red, sometimes shot through with yellow or brown. But it's exhausting to move forward. Frauke and Dennis catch up, and we push through together, us two girls laughing at the sheer number of times we're sent in and out of this wash. Soon we arrive at an electric green patch. Giant sycamores with smooth white and gray bark provide splendid shade. The trail's been sliced through a netting of thorns up to our armpits. It's absolutely gorgeous in this glade, cool and fresh. I fill a liter and drink one knowing we still have a lot of up and down ahead. The trail continues next to the stream, which disappears underground, crossing back and forth on rocks and coming to more gorgeous pools. We eventually leave and enter a canyon filled with saguaro marching up the mountainsides. A hiker named Cajun, his head and face almost completely covered, catches up. He tells me a ways back there was a bull eyeing him, looking like he was ready to charge. When I passed, I just gave that bull a steely stare. Tajin has no trouble with these rocks, but I've had about all I can take. He races on at a large water tank, and it's only three miles to go, but all on road. In New Zealand, I began to have PTSD about mud. Now on the Arizona Trail, it's rocks. At first, it's a big climb. I see the Germans ahead, and Frauke raises her poles in encouragement. I mean, up is fine, but it's down that's murder, and the steepness would make a roller coaster blush. Wish I was an English so I sing a song in time to my steps to get me down, trying to gently place each foot in time to the music without skidding. Down, down, down I go, and then swing around and go right back up. Singing's helping, but I want to cry. It's not going to do any good. So I laugh instead and remind myself that I never have to do that part again. Ever. The lake view opens up, and I see white buildings stacked up in the flattest area. But I have another steep climb, and Frauke flips her sticks in the air as she rounds a bend in front of me. It's a reservoir, a dammed lake, the largest entirely within the state of Arizona. Mountains surround it, and it feels like an oasis. As I come closer to my cutoff, I see white crosses. This is Roosevelt's cemetery that I pass, finally leaving rocks for pavement. At the highway, I see John the Baptist, and he tells me he has Jardia and he needs to get a hitch to town for antibiotics. Oh gosh, that can't be fun. His sister, Clothesline, is ahead packing up with Tajan, and they're just going to head on. I decide to stay, finding the store and Emily, who helps me with my package, one of about 50 in a huge pile. 
The lovely Roosevelt folk set up a hut for us with a charging station, picnic tables, and one small square of astroturf where the Alley Coop 2 is drying out and ready for my tired body. Just as I cuddle in, a man comes by to speak with Dennis. He manages the next section and tells him that that one and the one we just did are the roughest on the entire trail. But somehow that's a good thing, because we can see how things really are here in Arizona. It's a bit loud by the highway, and I think about rough trails still to come. But I don't care, because I'm cozy, and I've got earplugs. You can subscribe to Blissful Hiker wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review on Apple to help the show get discovered. Blissful Hiker is on Patreon right now. You can support the show financially as a patron. Help me get on trail to collect sound and create these stories. Find a link to Patreon in the show notes or at blissfulhiker.com. My website, blissfulhiker.com, is where you can find other episodes of the podcast, see the blog and pictures, and contact me blissfulhiker.com Next week, it's wild and lonely up in the Four Peaks Wilderness, where my day ends camping at the edge of snow on the edge of a cliff. Until then, my friends, kia kaha and happy trails.